Sunny Sweeney is a singer-songwriter who has a knack for tackling life's difficult situations. Her most recent album was produced by Paul Coffin, and she collaborated with some heavy hitters like Vince Gill and Laurie McKenna. Sunny takes a look at her own personal life in this album and explores difficult emotional territory. It's raw and it's real. I had a chance to chat with her about the album. I hope you dig it. Fantastic. All right. Well, the new record is called Married Alone, and it was produced by Paul Cawthon and Bo Bedford. And I was wondering if you could tell us just a little bit about the album in general and uh, what it was like to work with those guys on the album. Well, so I've known Paul for a really long time, and um, I just think he's he's incredibly talented. He is wild as a March Hare, and he's he's just inventive, and he's positive, and he has a different outlook. Um, I'm way more like traditionally, like you know, traditional country based or whatever, and he's more, um, you know he's got other influences, like a lot more, you know, soul and stuff like that. And so some of the songs, have you heard the new record? Yeah. Okay. So if you know anything about anything I've done before, like it's divided right down the middle, there's six songs that are really country. And then there's six songs that are a different trajectory. And the reason I did that is because, and that's why I chose Paul um, to work with, because I knew he would, direct me in the right way to do that. Um, I wanted to show my other influences. I love country music with every ounce of my being, but I also love Tom Petty and I love Neil Young and I love Stevie Nicks and, you know, I love Crosby, Stills and Nash and I love Jim Croce and I love like so many different kinds of things because my dad and my, you know, my dad and my mom listen to different things. So at my dad's house, we listen to more rock stuff. And at my mom's house, we listen to like Kenny Rogers and, you know, bluegrass and, all that so right um so anyway i i just wanted to do that and and work with paul and then he brought Bo in and that's the first time i met Bo, and he is literally a freaking genius like i love working with Bo. so um i can't wait to work with Bo again if Bo will work with me again i can't wait to work with Bo again like he's he's just he's so fun and he he like listens more than any, because again, he listens like I'm the artist. When my record's done, every single person that's involved with it can walk away and never think about it again. Hmm. I have to live with it for literally the rest of my life. Right, right. So, and the repercussions or the positive things that come from whatever it is that comes out. So yeah. I'm very, because of that, I'm very picky and I'm very hands-on and I'm not, I'm not someone that doesn't know what I want. I've been doing this long enough. I know exactly what I want and I may not be able to verbalize it, but that's why I choose people to work around me that can and that understand sunny speak. Like I can explain it in like my way and my guitar player is perfect at that. He's, he's really gotten good at it actually. Like where I'll kind of go, Hey, you know, like, remember that one song that we heard remember we were at so-and-so's house and it was kind of like punky and, whatever. and then he'll like he remembers because we do everything together but he remembers and then he'll relay that to someone that's making our record you know what i mean and right. so it's it's funny because we call it like translating sunny speak <laughs> um but um but yeah that's Bo listens really well and he's um really good at 
understanding what I'm saying and what I'm wanting. And he doesn't get pissed if it's not his idea. And like, if I have a good idea and, you know, he goes, oh, that's cool. Let's try it. Instead of, no, it wasn't my idea. Like, cause I've worked with plenty of people like that, where they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're the artist, <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> like, really? Well, um, cool. Well, I think I do know what I'm talking about and I think I do know what I want. So, um, so anyway, it was a trip working with both of them and, and I loved it. And Paul is so positive and he's so giant. I don't know if you've met him before, but he's the really big guy and he just like is a presence, you know, when he comes in and he, he's just like this giant cheerleader positive like bubble of light just coming in you know and bouncing around he's he's great hmm. it's really great interesting yeah I, I i enjoyed his newest album as well and i was supposed to interview him but touring schedules didn't work out and whatnot but um he just seems like you say he's a presence it's it, he definitely seems like that kind of a guy i'm not super familiar with bo bedford um what's he kind of known for so he was in a band called the texas gentleman but um I think recently, I honestly, I just met him with this project. Um, and I'm very grateful for it because I love him. Um, but he, I think he's doing a lot of producing right now and he's an amazing musician. He's, he's a piano player, all keys and stuff, but he is a killer, like bass player, guitar player. Like he's one of those. It's like, he does everything. And so like we would be sitting there and you know he'd be like man it'd be cool if there was like this baritone part on there and i'd be like yeah that's kind of cool let's try it and then he picks up this baritone and he goes you know like this and they'll play this thing it ended up on the album like that take ended up on the album so he's just wild he's one of those and he's just really creative and really fun and also really positive and i love people that have a good attitude especially when you're making music i mean my god we are making music for a living. Like that's our job. So how bad can anything actually really be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> except yeah. for COVID, <laughs> COVID sucked for everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I heard a, a comedian one time talk about um, uh, the, being in the, the business of stand-up comedy. And he was like, he was like, we're in the magic business. And I was like, yeah. that's, that's music as well. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not a professional musician and whatnot, but, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. When you're, when you're in the crowd, when you're on the stage, when you're performing, when you're receiving the music, it's just, it's magic, you know? Yeah. The business of magic, that's a good way to put it because even on my worst day, my literal worst possible day at work is better than any other job I could ever think about having. That's, that's my, I've never, ever taken my job for granted. Um, I had a reboot. I mean, there's days where I used to get like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh my gosh. How do they expect us to do all this? But then when COVID happened, I had a reset and I'm like, I'll never take anything for granted again. And I don't, I've never, not since March of 2020, I, I have played city gigs and still been happy that, that there was, you know, very few people there or that there was, they only allowed a certain number of people in a club and, you know, whatever. I don't care. I do not care. I get to play music for a job, for my livelihood. People are affected by that. 
and I'm doing something right according to people that listen to my music. So I'm just, I'm very, very grateful to be able to do this. Absolutely. That's a great attitude. Great attitude to have. I think it was a lot of resets that happened in 2020, you know, just kind totally. of reframing. Yeah, especially a lot of my friends, we all talked about it. Like why, why on earth would I ever bitch about a gig, no matter what the gig was, how far it was, how tired I was, mm-hmm. pull your shit together and get it done. You much rather be doing that than sitting on your couch worrying about if life ever was going to resume, mm-hmm. you know? So for sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, the the song the song "Tie Me Up" is the album opener, and um, I love the it has great honky tonk sounds. I'm a huge fan of that 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 kind of sound, and but also very provocative lyrics. And I was wondering if you could talk about that song a little bit. Yeah, um, I feel like you know, there's women. I I have uh, my mind is kind of like perpetually in the gutter. I'm one of those, and um, and it's probably um, that way because. I mean, most of my adult life, I've been around men, like my job has put me around a lot of men and, and, you know, generally speaking, men talk a little different than women, you know what I mean? And, um, and that's like a general, you know, sweeping generalization, but I mean, speaking generally, that's kind of the deal. And so because of that, I'm not offended by anything. I'm not, there's no subject off limits. I've, I've heard it all, seen it all. Like I, I just, I don't get offended. I don't, I wish I did probably, but I just don't. And, um, and so I feel like there's a couple of women that I've talked to before in my life where they're like me and they just don't get offended. And they say things that probably some women wouldn't say. And there's, you know, there's a, what's that word? Like where it's faux pas for women to say some things. And, um, I don't think that should be, I don't think that should be the case. Like if you want to say something, you should say it. And so I feel like that song is funny, but also it's like, you're taking the bull by the horns. You know, it's some woman that's like, been there done that she's sick of you know the bullshit and then she's like you know what i'm gonna go out i'm gonna have fun tonight i'm gonna be you know free i'm just gonna do my thing you know Mm -hmm. so i feel like there's women that that can can be that woman in the song you know and that's how i i like writing songs like that where someone can hear it and put themselves in it as the character you know so i've got plenty of freshly divorced friends um that you know unfortunately and unfortunately fortunately because i've also been through a divorce and there is some solidarity in it where you find you know oh i'm not the only one and i don't feel like such a loser because i couldn't keep my marriage together and like this girl couldn't keep her marriage together either but um but i have a couple of freshly divorced friends that have um have uh what's the word i'm looking for um changed their outlook (laughs) on on, uh, going out and you know they've been maybe in a situation in a marriage where they they just felt complacent and they wanted to get wild and they feel like their 30s were lost 
you know? So that's for those women. And those, those women have basically inspired that song. Do you know what I mean? Like just, they want to just do their thing. Like you don't have to explain yourself. I'm sick of having to explain myself. That's for sure. I don't think that I should have to explain myself. If I want to say something, I should be able to say it. If you want to say something, you should be able to say it. Absolutely. I think it's kind of interesting that um, w- the way you're talking right now, it kinda, I, I interviewed um, about a year and a half ago, Amanda Shires about her song about abortion, uh, which is pretty pertinent mm-hmm. right now. And she, I remember her, she kept like couching all of her words and like talking, she's like about this subject and not wanting to say the word, you know, and it's kind of similar. I mean, it's a different topic, obviously, but it's kind of similar the mm-hmm. way like men can just talk about topics about going and hooking up and having fun and just doing whatever and we just freely yeah. open it but even like when you're talking about the song you're still like how should i say that you know like it, and there's this crazy double standard and it's ridiculous well there you know? is and that's just generally speaking i feel like i temper my words um i'm always so worried about offending someone um even though i'm very outspoken and i'm very like opinionated and i'm very my opinions are very strong about a lot of things um i still no matter what my opinions are i will never ever and i've i will you can ask any of my friends this i will never ever push my opinion on someone else never i just won't that's not what i do it's it's not what i do i have plenty of friends from every single walk of life every sexual orientation, whatever you call that, every race, every religion, male, female, um, like, you know, transgender, I know them all. I, and I love them all. And the way that I build friendships is if someone is nice to me, I'm nice back. And that is literally how I build friendships. I do not give what you do. As long as you're nice to me, I will be nice to you. And it is literally that simple. So, um, So because of that, I never, ever want to say anything that I think will offend someone because um, it is so easy to offend people. And even if you're just being lighthearted and fun, I just don't want to ever do that. So I try to just, I do try to temper my words for that. Um, You know, I try to temper my words, but uh, as far as like a political thing, I would never, I would never, I would never do that. I just wouldn't. That's just not what I do. Um, but my friends know how I feel. I mean, you know, so. Well, um, the song, uh, a song can't fix everything was co-written with, uh, Lori McKenna and a song with Paul Coffin. And, um, I, I have to say, like, you have to give my wife a little shout out here. We were listening to it in the, in the truck together for the first time. And, um, uh, I didn't know it was written by, uh, co-written with Lori McKenna. And she goes, this sounds like, this reminds me of Lori McKenna. And I, I looked up later. I was like, damn, that's pretty good, babe. <laughs> so one genius lady. Yeah. yeah. She's got a good ear. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I love her. Lori, Lori, definitely like her and Radney Foster. I feel like I've done that with both of them before where I've heard other songs and been like, this sounds like a Radney song or Radney wrote this. I bet. And then I'll look it up and there's a certain, chord that Radney puts in a lot of songs and and it's like a certain change from this chord to this chord and I've even asked him about it and he's like yeah it's this and he'll play it so it's easy for me to recognize a lot of times if it's his melody especially it's easy for me to recognize 
Um, Lori's the same way. I feel like I, I've definitely picked out her songs without like multiple times without knowing it's her. I, she's, she's my favorite songwriter that's ever walked on the planet. I, I feel fortunate to have ever even sat in the same room with her, um, to be inspired by her. She's, she's so sweet and she's so smart and she's so, um, genuine and, um, really, really just a good, good egg. Like she is such a good person. So I love her. I absolutely love her. And she's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way about her. And the mm-hmm. last couple albums she put out were, were amazing, you know, stupid. And absolutely stupid. <laughs> it's like every, every single song is its own hit, you know, it's just, uh, stupid. It's like, it kind of makes me mad a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah so um can you talk about the song itself a little bit it's uh, a song can't fix everything kind of where that came from and and the meaning yeah so um well i was on a christmas tour with my girlfriends um we were doing like an acoustic you know um me jamie lynn wilson courtney Patton, and brennan lee were on uh this december we did a december run like all of us and um, the last night was, um, I can't remember what happened, but I know that I was going through a divorce at the time and I was not in a good place like at all. And, um, a couple of the other girls were going through some stuff too. And it was just one of those nights where it was just like, I just want to go home like this. I'm done. I need to just take a break and go home. And I like, could not get through the gig fast enough. Cause I just felt like I was going to cry the whole time, you know? And I never want to do that because I, I don't cry in public, even though I have, I say I don't, but I have, and it's the worst. I hate it. Like, I don't like, it makes another thing that has been put on a woman, like it makes you weak if you cry. And like, so I just, I don't like crying, especially in business. I just don't. I, and just like, I don't like hugging people I exchange money with. Like, it's just not something that I do. So anyway, um, we were finally leaving my God. And I was just like, I had been so ready to leave. And, um, we had been, I shared a room with Brennan the night before that. And I just cried myself to sleep. Cause I was like, it's going to make me feel better. I just want to cry. And she's like, cry. I was like, I'm crying. So we're just like, I cried. And, um, and then I put in my ears, my headphones, Tom Petty, Tom Petty, like makes me feel better than anything he also makes me feel worse than anything it just depends on which song you put on and um and then i just kept um i just kept um stop dragging my heart around on like on repeat and then i put won't back down on on repeat and then i put um uh, wildflowers on repeat and like those are like his you know massive hits he has some of the most cool um b-sides or whatever you call it you know ever but like his massive hits i mean they're massive hits for a reason and they resonate with me and everyone and anyway those songs i started feeling better like i started feeling better as i was listening to these songs and i stopped crying and then i was like i'm gonna go get a coke downstairs you want anything and she's like no and so i went downstairs and got a coke still listening to tom petty came back up in the room sat there i was like holy shit, I feel better. Like I totally feel this, you know? 
And so then I went to sleep. And then when I woke up in the morning, I felt like, you know how, like when someone dies and you wake up the very next morning and you think it's not real. And then you kind of wake up and you go, wait, did they actually die? Or am I dreaming that, you know, I've had that happen before, like multiple times, actually, where you just can't really fathom a world without someone. I woke up and I had that feeling and I was like, did I, did I like really, did I cry myself to sleep last night because I'm upset? And then, and then I thought, well, Tom Petty made me feel so much better. And then I thought just in a momentary little lapse there, it just fixed everything. It just like fixed it. And then we got ready and we left. We were getting in the elevator and my fucking handle on my guitar pan on my guitar broke. And I was flying to Boston right with her. And I lost my mind when that happened because it was just like the final straw. So I'm having to carry my guitar like this with a 70 pound backpack and roll a, a bag through the airport. I was not having it. I was just in a bad mood. And, um, and I started thinking about that, you know, it fixed it. So I put Tom Petty on again and I was kind of doing an experiment. Oh my God, this is fixing it. But then I was still having a day, I was still fixing it. So I thought a song can't fix everything, but it can fix it for a minute, you know? And this had been like 24 or 36 hours of just like happening like over and over and over and over. And then also putting the music on and it feeling good and then just happening and then putting Tom Petty on and it felt good. And so I like got to her house and I said, I have this idea. I don't know. I mean, if you want to write this, I don't know if you do. She's like, yeah, it's cool. And we tried to write it the first day and I, I stayed there for two days and and we just moved on to something else. We just weren't feeling it after I had the idea and just kind of, okay, I'll do it with some, you know, I'll do it another time or maybe tomorrow or whatever. Well, we wrote some other stuff that day. And then that morning, the next morning, she called me. She's like, I've got it. Get over here. She's like, I've got it. And I was like, really? She's like, oh, I've got it. And I was like, cool. And I got chill bumps because if Lori McKenna says she's got it, then she's got it, you know? Run. <laughs> and so, so I literally threw my clothes on, grabbed a coffee, hauled ass to her house. And she explained kind of the layout. Cause we were trying to figure out how to like wrap our minds around how that would work. And then she brought up the last verse first. And she said that song kept me on the road for a solid year, you know, talking about an artist, like, I, lo I lost my marriage because of it, you know? And so I was like, oh, oh my God. And like, that is, that's it, dude. Like, that's it. And so then we wrote that song that morning and then I left and went to the airport. And I like, that was in December of 2017. And since then I have in my mind thought somebody needs to cut this song because it's really good. And if they don't, by the time I make my next record, I'm going to get this song because this song needs to be heard. So that's how that all came about. And it's very convoluted and long. I know that, but, but I do feel that music can temporarily fix everything. And I think realistically, you know, that it can't, obviously nothing can fix a problem except time or like, you know, actually fixing the problem, but, um, you know, playing some music, it just transports you 
to a time when you're not feeling that way. So it's just a good way. It's like a break, you know, temporary, even just five minutes, 20. That's why I love doing my job though, is because, you know, no matter these people buy tickets and whatever, and who knows what everybody's been through. And the older I get, I always try to, I mean, my parents have always said, you know, keep in mind, you never know what everybody's going through. Somebody else be nice. Never know what they're going through. You never know if their dog got put to sleep that morning. Some guy's in a bad mood at HEB. Like he may have had to put his dog to sleep and he's just upset. You never know. So I've always tried to think that. And um, I've the, the older I get, the more I'm kind of like, I try to just, I try to just think of that, you know, everybody's going through something, you know, no matter what it is. So I feel like everybody can maybe relate to that because it's, it, you know, I think Willie Nelson said, I think it was him, but pain is the only thing that, that, um, every single person on the earth feels. That's it. I mean, they feel other things, but every person feels pain, no matter how, I mean, just heart pain, physical pain, you feel pain. So, so I feel like if music can fix that, even if just temporarily for 90 minutes while they're at a show, and then they have to get back in their car and go back to their marriage or go back to their, you know, sick mom or go back to their, you know, kid to the house where their kid ran away. I mean, who knows what all the problems are, you know? So absolutely. No, for sure. Yeah. And it gets back to that being in the, um, the, the magic business too, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it is, yeah, you know, exactly. it kind of keeps coming up. Wildflowers is one of the, if I had to, to like top three albums that like impacted my life, wildflowers is one of them. Ditto. And it's absolutely, I, 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 I just can't like, even to this day, I put it on and it just like, it's like you say, it just transforms how you think about things and whatnot. Oh, sometimes, I mean, honestly, like I'll, um, Okay, so I went on a cruise with my parents. Uh, it was in 2019, like in July, I think. And it was um, to Alaska. And I had, you know, it was all couples. It was all my parents' friends. And I was by myself. And I was just like so depressed. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like. I'm divorced twice before 40. Like, oh my God, how embarrassing. People think I suck. You know, what a loser. You can't keep your marriage together. And I was just in this room on this beautiful cruise ship in this badass room with this like gorgeous view on a balcony out my window. It was just amazing. But I'm by myself. And I'm like, this sucks. But it's also awesome. But it sucks, you know? And and so I started of course, blasting Tom Petty, which is what I do. And, um, and I put wildflowers on and I had, I had it on loud. I mean, like I have a speaker that I carry with me. It's a little bow speaker and it is loud. And I was blasting it. Not one person. Cause I knew I needed it in my heart and not one person asked me to turn it down. They didn't know that I needed it, but like, I felt like it was kind of like a, you know, maybe like some kind of cosmic thing where nobody actually could get around the force field to my door or something to knock on it or something, because I think they knew that I needed it, you know, and I did. And then I felt better as soon as I listened and, you know, I moved on and, you know, 
the day was great. And I went and ate by myself and went and found my mom and went and gambled and like, you know, but wildflowers does that for me a hundred percent. It's like one of my top three, that and Waylon Jennings, um, live album from 1976. I think that's one of my favorite records and probably also, I mean, Hey, if I could only pick three, I would go, uh, man, harvest maybe Neil Young. Yeah. I guess if I had to pick just top three, that would be it. Yeah. That's a good. Top three. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, mean, he, I mean, I feel like they're, feel like they're all pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recently uh, listened to the uh, wildflowers. They did like a, a re-release with a bunch of extra stuff on it. And, um, there's, mm-hmm. there's some home recordings and live recordings that he did. And the home recording of wildflowers. It, what? Yeah. It's on Spotify. Wait, what? Yeah. Hold on. It's like, hold on. Let me just, let me put it on there right now so that I can. Yeah. Search it what's, up. Is it wildflowers re-release? Yeah. Something like that. I think it came out this year. Um, it, it's unbelievable. There's, there's like four CDs worth of stuff, but here's the crazy part that the home recordings of the song wildflower of a bunch of the songs are on there, but listen to the home recording of wildflowers because there's a song that comes later in the album called it's hard to find a friend. And, uh-huh. and he hums the melody to it's hard to find a friend singing wildflowers. And the two songs were one song and then they split at some point. I don't know if it's Rick Rubin or what happened, but it's hard to find a friend is embedded in wildflowers and it blew my mind. Like when I heard it, I was like, Holy and I stopped. It. <laughs> dude, I'm just seeing this dude. It's Are a, you kidding me right oh, now? Oh, the live, the live it with like honeybee and like uh, cabin down the road. It bonkers. Oh, um, the, what's that really sad song? Um, it's good to be King. The, um, there's like a 12 minute live version of it's good to be King. And it just crushes. It's oh, so good. Oh my God. I'm downloading this right now so that it's just on there. It's incredible. <laughs> All my stuff, all of my, all of my, um, airplane music, you know, cause I always just turn my phone off. It's the one time that I don't have to have my phone. Um, but I turned my phone off in an airport airplane and all of my music is Tom Petty. Like it is embarrassing. Like I don't even have anything else un- uploaded or downloaded. It's just all, all my offline stuff. I have every single album he's ever done. I'm just putting this in there now. I just got it right there. Nice. They're all downloaded. Thank you so much. I didn't <laughs> oh, know about so this. Good. You'll love it. See, I don't listen to new stuff. I don't. That's my problem is that I listen to old stuff. Why fix something if it's not broken? So I don't even search him and he's my favorite. I don't even go and search him. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I, I heard about it on a podcast or something, but no, listen to that home recording of wildflowers because it blew my I'm mind. I'm about to, as soon as I get off with you, I totally will. Yeah. And, and, and I'm actually, um, I, I play just like local bars and stuff like that. And I, I made a, I, I play the mashup of the two. Like I put the words from, it's hard to find a friend into it. And it's so, it's so fun to sing. It's so cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's good stuff. I can't wait. Yeah. I'll check that out. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm interested in, um, uh, future projects. Are you going to be touring? I know the, the album's coming out in September, but, uh, what do you got coming up for the rest of this year? We leave on Wednesday, um, for six weeks and no, for for five weeks and then we come home for a week and then we go to Europe for a month and then we come home for a week and then we leave on our record tour, which starts like a week you know, after we get back from Europe pretty much through the end of the year. So, I mean, we're touring pretty hard next Wednesday through like mid December. And I also started doing a radio show this week um, on XM 
called Sunny Side Up. <laughs> and so um, I started doing that in the mornings. Um, so I'm going to be doing that and playing traditional country for people, which is, you know, my first love. That was my first, you know, I grew up in East Texas. So, you know, we had a lot of country stations and DJs that you could actually talk to and DJs that could actually play music that they wanted to and DJs that could take requests and DJs that would say your name on the radio Sonny Sweeney just called in and requested this song, you know, by Merle Haggard. I'm going to play it for her. And then I would record it on my jam box and then go back and listen to it, you know? So, so I've always been interested in radio and I've had the gig presented to me a couple of times, but I've always turned it down because it's not the music that I like. And this is the music that I feel like so comfortable, like, you know, putting out onto people. Mm -hmm. So, um, I jumped on the opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to Elizabeth Cook uh, about her radio show a couple of days ago. And uh, I love her. Yeah, she's fantastic. I have such a girl crush on her. Oh, man. <laughs> and, yeah, I have my, my weekly radio show that I do. Uh, I do two hours. And um, it's it's amazing. You would think radio is antiquated at this point, but it's fun. And people still listen to the radio driving around in their cars. You know, it's cool. They have to. We do. And I mean, I try to, I try to, when I make decisions for anything with my business, I try to think, would I use this? Would I do this? Would I have any use for this? Would I travel to see this? Would I spend money on this? Like when we are on the road and I know, I know how many truck drivers are on the road. If we just did Sirius XM for truck drivers, we would have a massive audience, you know, but I mean, it's so much more than that, but the truck drivers are a huge part of it. And, um, you know, I know for us, we're basically truck drivers, you know, I mean, we're on the roads the same times and hours and lengths. So there's plenty of little shit towns we go through that don't have a radio station or you don't want to have to search for it. And I've had XM in a vehicle since probably 2005. I've had, I've had, I had it before it was Sirius XM. I had it when it was just XM. I still actually sometimes call it XM even though it's Sirius XM and I work for them now and I still forget, but I, if I did, I would, I wouldn't do it on the air, but I just like, if I'm talking about it, like I'll be like, Oh, XM, I've XM in my car, but it's Sirius XM, but I've had it forever. And it's an amazing thing to have. And I always go like, I would love to have this. I would love if I were just someone random, you know, fan or whatever, I'd be like, damn, I want to get this in my car so that I can, not have to scroll through, you know, local crappy stations to, you know, find something to listen to when we're in BFE. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like you're staying busy for the rest of the year. Lots of touring. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, if people want to know more about you, what's the best place to look for you online, on social media, stuff like that? You can go on sunnysweeney.com and that has all of the links for my social media. But I mean, I'm on all of them, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, all of them like, but all the links, if you want to go are on my website. Okay. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the album honestly sounds amazing. I was listening to it uh, last night, coming up with the questions and stuff. And um, there's a lot of great, great songs on that. So congratulations Thank on a you. great album. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm really excited about it. Absolutely. All right. And thanks for chatting with me. And uh, of course. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck out there. Yeah, you too. I hope to meet you someday. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sunny, for chatting with me. 
Check out her new album online. And while you're at it, like and subscribe to my show. Give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook. It really does help the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one. You can tie me up, but baby, you can't tie me down.